Welcome to the Celebration Sessions podcast. The Celebration Sessions is a podcast about life, loss and love. It's about how we mark the milestones in our life, how we celebrate important occasions. It's about rituals. It's about cultures. It's about normalising the difficult conversation around end of life. And most importantly, it's a reminder, now more than ever, of how important it is to celebrate. So thanks for joining me on the Celebration Sessions podcast. And thank you once again for joining me on the Celebration Sessions podcast. Connor Clear here with you, and I hope this podcast uh, finds you well. Now, as we near the end of the year, we're at a point really in the year where we start to look back. But of course, we look forward uh, to, to the year ahead as well. So I thought this might be an appropriate time to look into a topic which I've wanted to discuss for quite some time now. I've noticed recently as a funeral celebrant, I've been celebrating uh, a lot the lives of people who have left what I've perceived as as a beautiful legacy um, for families. Very often it might be a skill or a talent maybe that somebody has left, an interest or a passion. And the idea of legacy has been resonating with me. So I wanted to just delve into that and learn a little bit more about it. So there was only ever one person that I was ever going to reach out to to talk to about this. I'm joined by somebody who specialises in succession planning and end of life planning as well. She's a leader in helping uh, individuals navigate this really profound process uh, and ensuring that people's values and stories and wishes are carried forward with uh, a, a beautiful uh, grace and purpose as well. So I'm delighted to welcome uh, to the podcast founder of Living Legacy, Jennifer McConnell. Jennifer, how are you? Connor, thank you very much for having me here. I'm delighted to be here. All good. Well, we've been talking about doing this for quite some time now, yeah. so I'm delighted that we've finally been able to, to, to make this happen. So thank you so much. Listen, as, as we step through this, we will talk about what you do as a succession planner, but also as an end of life planner as well. We'll we'll talk about some of the important parts of, of, of what it is people need to um, keep in mind um, if, if this is something that, that that's going to be relevant to them. I think... Uh, an important place to start would be, for me at least, is just to get a grip of what are we talking about when we talk about legacy? Many, many things. So with legacy, it can really vary depending on, I suppose, the person's own life experiences and also what their wishes are for after they're gone. Yeah. Legacy for some people can mean a family business being passed down through generations. Legacy for others can be the donations that they make to charitable causes that mean something to them. Legacy for many people, and I think for us all, is always about the mark that we've made on the world. Yeah. Quite often we think that legacy is we have to do something big. We have to do something huge within the community. We have to really change people's lives. But quite often legacy is actually the memories that we have created with other people and then how they remember us after we're gone. So it could be where we think our legacy is going to be our big career achievements, academic achievements, that we've had families, the whole lot. But actually our legacy with everybody in our life is going to be different. How people remember us, whether they were our parents, our siblings, our friends from childhood, people we've worked with, each person is going to remember us in a different way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can be anything from daft things that we did when we were eight 
compared to big achievements that we had in our 30s or 40s and then onwards as we kind of age and, and continue on with life. So really the way that I would consider legacy is what have we actually done to date and then what is the legacy that we've yet to create? Quite often we think about the big thing of, oh, I really wish I would do this or I would love to do this. But often we don't know where to start. Indeed. So Indeed. it is that aspect of, well, actually take stock of where you're at now. What are the things that have worked for you in your life? What kind of legacy do you feel like if you had died yesterday? What is your legacy? And yet then if there are things that you still want to achieve with your life, then how do you go about actually doing that? And this is where somebody like you comes in, because yeah. I, I'd say in isolation, this is, you know, a potentially really overwhelming topic for, for people to, to, to get their heads around. Mm. But when you're in the safe hands yes. of someone like yourself who will guide you through this process and, and actually get you to think about what it is that's 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 important. Yeah, like I'm very much a process person. I like to get everything in order, get the paperwork done, get everything clear. And really, when we're thinking about our legacy, yeah, we can actually get overwhelmed, as you say, with where to start. Mm. So really, I would say is it is about taking stock. It is about looking at your life lived so far. What are the achievements? What are the things that maybe you would like to have done? What are the things that are outstanding? And it can be administrative details. It could be unresolved issues within relationships. It could be anything within your career that is still yet to be closed off. So it is that sense of nearly doing an audit on your life. Yeah. How yeah. to actually take stock and then using that as an opportunity to clear the decks, to create space so that you can actually look at the path that you would like to actually journey forward. So where do we begin then in terms of that process of taking stock? I would work with clients based on like I would tend to have clients that whether in an organization, they're very much focused on the business and they just want to get their strategy assessed. They want to look at the big things that they want to achieve when you're taking stock in a business. It is really looking at, OK, well, what's working, what's not working. So even incorporating all of the team, it's not just about the senior leadership or the founder It's actually bringing everybody in on board, all the stakeholders to go, OK, well, What's your experience of the organization? What are the values you feel really represent the organization? And what do you think is working well? What do you think actually needs to be considered? And what do you think needs to stop? And when people, because when you're in the thick of it on a day-to-day -day basis, it's very hard to really get a sense of actually, well, how are you functioning as yeah, a business? Yeah, yeah. So it's a lovely way to actually get everybody within the team to really reflect on their life their role, their contribution, what does the organization mean to them? And then what's their future in terms of their career, the future within the business and so on. On an individual basis, it's very similar. It's that sense of, OK, well, what is it? How do you feel that you define yourself? How do other people consider you? What are your values? What are the things that bring you comfort? What are the things that bring you joy? What actually matters and who matters in your life? So when you're able to actually have those questions posed it can be very hard initially people might go oh well this is you know this worked for me this didn't or yeah, you know yeah, these yeah. are the people that matter but then when I would always be I think I was a I should have been a school teacher because I love setting <laughs> homework so I think it's very much about actually getting people to really utilize this as a time for them people are very good at giving and contributing for others yeah but yeah. when and especially with business owners they're very good at giving for other people, but not really good at taking time for themselves. Right, right. So it's really about getting them to just take this time to really reflect and to really consider, 
okay, what has their life been to date? What do they feel that they are succeeding with? Mm. Where do they feel that maybe they're not prioritizing themselves? And then how do they feel that they have created the legacy so far? Quite often it will be family businesses, business founders, and they'll think of the business but they've kind of forgotten about themselves in the yeah, process. Yeah, yeah, And even, I think, to bring it back actually to an individual level as well, because you, you mentioned something there, I would imagine there can very often be a big difference between how we perceive, mm. you know, how, how our own legacies might be perceived versus yeah. how, in fact, other people see it. Yeah, for sure. And I think it really depends. Like some people, like whether you have young children, grown children, as your children also age you start to kind of find yourself once more. Your children no longer need 24-7 care. So as your children are themselves becoming young adults, quite often, I would say probably families, parents that might be in their 40s, early 50s, starting to think about actually who am I when I'm not in full parenting mode? Who am I now that I've achieved a lot of my career goals? Who am I now that I've done all of the academic things I've set out for myself? Who am I that I may have travelled? A lot of it is really about the, okay, you're coming to a new chapter in your life. You're coming into like your middle ages or if you're retiring, you're coming into a new chapter of, yeah. okay, you don't have that level of responsibility, but what kind of responsibility are you going to bring for yourself? So again, it is just that thing of really, I suppose, stopping. Yeah. Taking that look around and actually going, okay, I now need to give myself this time to really reflect and really the legacy starts with yourself first because I like I've said to people before yes I am an end-of-life planner but the thing is is that if you died yesterday somebody's possibly going to get up on an altar or in some room and talk about you and your legacy and quite often people's reactions are oh god because they feel well a my legacy isn't done yet and b oh god what would they say yeah so it's this thing of well actually figure out what you would say about yourself first yeah before you worry about what other people will say. So there's various different exercises that I would do with people and a lot of it, because it, it, I would predominantly work on a one-to-one basis with people. I'm also moving into the space of working with families, working within corporate settings and organisations and even non-profits to get people to really come together and even in terms of the legacy of the organisation, yeah. but using that as an opportunity for them to consider the legacy for themselves. Remind me, uh, if you're happy to share it, of one exercise that we spoke about off-air, in fact, which I thought was mind-blowing is it the three or six words obituary yeah so there was a two years ago I had received some mentoring and my mentor had set me this task of describe myself in three words I was thinking oh well three isn't enough but let's pick three words and then she said well reach out to a handful of people and see how they would describe you yeah. in three words. So I reached out to about 41 people. Oh, Literally wow. just did a whole like WhatsApp <laughs> broadcast and said right here. Um, about 36 people came back and came back with good words. But it was really interesting because one of the things that was important is also not to react to what the words that they came back with. Yeah. And it was really interesting to see that there were some overlaps. So things like adventurous, friendly, fun, you know, there were a lot of things that was like, it was really nice to see that come up several times. But then there were other words that made me go, oh, God, I hadn't thought about that. Um, Even I remember talking to my brother and he, I think he was a little bit nervous about doing it because he was just going, God, like if if he gives me three words, do I suddenly give him three words back about him? And but when he looked at the words that were given, one of them, he said is, oh, there's where's um motivated 
are motivational. And I said, no, well, nobody said it. And he said, oh, my God, I would have said that as a word. So I said, great, that's one word that okay. you can contribute. Yeah, yeah. But that's what I mean about legacy as well, is people experience us in different ways. Who we are in work mode, who we are with certain friends. Some friends might be the ones that we talk about very intense, deep things. Some people we may have great fun with. True, true. The same way in a work context as well. In every aspect of life, people get different pieces of us. Yeah. So to actually reach out to different people allows us to get a fuller picture. And where it aligns with the words that I may have had was interesting. But where there were other words that I would have gone, oh, I wouldn't have thought that or oh, I wonder why they think that. So it was a really good reflect reflection exercise. It's a fantastic yeah. exercise. But the six word obituary was a recent course that I did. It was just a one day workshop that um, somebody in my end of life planning network was giving. And I thought, well, this is an interesting one. And again, it was to come along with somebody that somebody who's died in your life that you care about and you want to maybe just make some peace with the, the level of sense that they're gone. Yeah, and yeah. it was bring a photograph. It was all online. There was about 10 of us from all around the world. And in that, it was about talking about the different stories about these people and then breaking it down, narrowing it down and then being able to actually give six words that encompassed who they were. Okay. And it was a really interesting exercise, but I thought, God, that's fascinating to do it considering I use the three word exercise in my own uh, indeed, practice. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. I like that the different answers and the different perceptions, like mm, you say, people mm. perceive us or perceive us all differently. I think I might actually attempt uh, the three words yeah. obituary. So if any of my friends are listening yeah. uh, and they get a random message from me asking me for yeah. three words yeah. to describe myself. Because, yes, it is. It's, it's fascinating, I think, isn't it? It's an interesting one, but it's also when people like because uh, I, I suppose a lot of what I do could be construed as life coaching. Mm. But there's the life and death coaching Indeed. in that element because there is the focus on the end of life piece. Mm. And when I'm talking to people about the sense of values and the three words and, you know, different things, quite often there can be a reluctance or a fear of what will people actually say. Well, that's true. And it's like, do you know what? Once you're very clear in who you are, it doesn't really matter what anybody else thinks because you're grounded in that. It also means that you you become very clear in setting your own boundaries. So that's the thing is that quite often we're all very good at giving to others and doing like working for other people and doing what's expected of us. But actually, how do we do what's what we expect of ourselves? Exactly, exactly. I mean, I think getting yourself into an emotional state and preparing yourself emotionally to, to, to step into this is such a, a huge part of this. Yeah, it's I, like I, anything though, because yeah. again, I think for people who are willing to step forward with end yeah. of life planning, probably one of the, I think probably the main feedback I've got from people I've worked with so far is that element of, oh, I wasn't expecting it to be this. Yeah. And I said, well, realistically, I'm not here to talk to you about your death and your dying. I'm here to talk to you about your life and your living. Indeed. And how you actually come to terms with your life and your living will inform your decisions for your dying and your death. But if we focus solely on the dying and the death, it is quite emotive. It can be real hard struggle for people to really consider the end. So it's like, this is why I kind of approach it from the taking stock piece is that sense of you do your spring clean or, you know, you do your death clean, which is the much kind of deeper level of Indeed. spring clean. And I've just Indeed. done it myself, having just moved. Oh my um, and it is that sense of actually when you really do take stock, it can help really shine a light on so much. Mm. 
because I just feel I'm at a stage now since I moved into working in the funeral landscape yeah. that I'm starting to give this thought mm. and and space. Have I acted on it yet? No, I haven't. I've done very little in terms of the logistics. Yeah. Um. So that's probably a point where we move from from you know th- this emotional side and 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 where we talk about the, the you know that um the that a uh, concept of of what a legacy is that that you leave behind into the, some of the details mm. because I I think actually sometimes I I would see it often with with families. Um, very often you'll meet somebody who has actually left instructions or who's, who has left some level of information, who has given this thought and given this space and have, have left some type of information for the family. And for the family who have been hit by this train of grief mm. and who, yes, with the help of wonderful funeral directors, absolutely will, will create this beautiful tribute to, to, to their loved one. But there's still that added pressure and stress yeah. on them whereas if you can just give this some thought and give this some space and, mm. and, and and actually communicate that with your families there's just this extra added layer of stress that you can take away from the family mm. who are dealing with this uh, emotional train yeah. crash really absolutely and i think that's one of the things with living legacy for me was to try and actually connect in with people while they're healthy well and able mm. because when you're doing this from from that kind of place, you're much more objective because you kind of feel, well, it's so far removed yeah. from where yeah. I'm actually. When you're dealing with people, though, in the end of life space, and you would know this is quite often people take an interest in it when they've had a bereavement or when they have a health diagnosis and then they're approaching it from a place of grief. Yeah. And it's a yeah. very hard thing for them to consider because now it's much more real. Yeah. yeah. So that element of Approaching it from the taking stock is much easier to do, as I say, when you're healthy, well and able. But it allows you to be much more objective and also take into consideration that actually when you're gone, your wishes for your funeral, your wishes for your will, it's actually not about you. It's about the people that are there remaining after you're gone. And it's to take away that subjective thing of, well, I want this, but actually, well, what do your loved ones want? Yeah. How do they want to care for you if you're not able to care for yourself? How do they want to commemorate you? So if you're able to get very clear on who you are, on your legacy, on the things that you would feel best represent you, that lifts that burden from your family. But it also ensures that the administrative practicalities are dealt with. And quite often, a lot of people don't realise. Like I even heard something on the radio today to talk about next of kin. There's no legal obligation on a next of kin to have a say in how somebody is dealt with medically really yeah yeah, yeah and yeah. that's the problem is is that a lot of people just assume by writing down next of kin emergency contact details that's fine but actually all that does is it directs people to who knows you and who could potentially give some oh, guidance okay. I understand. but there's yeah. no actual yeah. legal standing yeah. to protect a next of kin to honor somebody's wishes yeah. so that's why it's so important to do things like your your enduring power of attorney to sign up to the decision support services to look at things like the thinking ahead form from the Irish Hospice Foundation and really to try and look at what are the things that really are of value to you and I don't mean financially I don't mean your oh, belongings yeah, 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 but yeah. your values in terms of how do you want to be cared for? Mm. And even things like within the the health space is you don't get to dictate how you do want to be treated 
because that's not your job. That's a medical professional's decision to make. Indeed. What you actually have the option to do is to decide what you don't want. Mm. And so when your family are in a quite traumatised place of having to like, be included in decisions, once they know, well, actually, this person said that they want this or they want that, it makes it just much easier yeah. to go, OK, fine. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And actually, can we just take a little step back? Because yeah, you sure. mentioned, obviously, next of kin and and the, the power of attorney. What's... Not, not necessarily what's the difference between them, but how can you be certain that, you know, you can nominate somebody legally to, to make those decisions for you in, so there's in two that ways. scenario? So there's two ways. And again, I would always say to people, I am not a legal advisor and I'm not a financial advisor. No. no I am no. the step beforehand. Indeed. So I help people get their head around the things that they need to consider. There's two things that I would recommend people do. One is to check out uh, decision support services.ie oh fantastic and yeah. that's where it was set up originally to override what was called the lunacy act and that was where if people were vulnerable you know special needs not cognitively able to make decisions they would have been a ward of court and this now actually replaces the ward of court okay but it ensures that people who are vulnerable have the option to be cared for and have some level of wishes met before it used to be that you would go to your solicitor and you would write up your enduring power of attorney, but you would consider it for your health, for your finances and for your business Indeed. if you owned one. Yeah, yeah. With the decision support services, it's predominantly looking at health. So where you where you actually sign up to it is you go onto the website, you have to have a mygov.ie registration. Right. So you do that, make sure you're registered, you go online, you fill in your details, create an account, and then you can appoint two people to be your chosen attorneys. And we don't mean attorney as a lawyer, but just they are your they are acting as your attorney as such. Right. Yeah. So but the thing is that those people have to be registered on the Decision Support Services okay. website as well. So there's that level of this is where the importance of having conversations with your loved ones comes in. Quite often people have thought before that that they go, oh, well, I, I just wrote somebody down in my will. And you go, the will's a bit too late because no will may take months be after you've died before it's read. Right, right. Whereas right. at least if you're able to have the conversations to say, well, I want to choose my brother or my sister or my nephew, or my niece or whoever, that at least they are aware they have agreed to it. And the same way, then, if you go into the solicitor, they won't. A lot of them now, there's a lot of ambiguity between the role of the solicitor and the role of the decision support services okay. in this uh, in this enduring power of attorney. So it's worthwhile contacting your solicitor to find out do they do it? Yeah. And if they don't, is it just the health piece that they don't do? Can you do your financial and your business enduring power of attorney? Yeah. Now, the power of attorney only is relevant if you're cognitively not able to make decision. It expires once you die. Okay. But it is that thing of it's only if you're not able to do these things yourself independently. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's other things that you can do. You can create like your advanced decision, um, your advanced healthcare decision, which is the decision support services. Right. You can create a living will, which again would say, how do you want to be cared for? And this is where the importance of, if you think that you're going likely to go into a nursing home or if you know you were in a car crash or you had some kind of accident or a stroke and suddenly you're rendered not able to look after yourself. This is where the importance of values of identifying what brings you comfort, what brings you joy. Like if you think that if you're going to be in a nursing home, maybe you're in a room by yourself. How do you want to be dressed? What kind of noise do you want around you? Like, you know, 
I I wouldn't want things like the news on all the time or the TV on all the time. But there are certain programs I like. There's certain radio yeah, stations, yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, there are different stations that we, we like to have on the certain music. But also, who do we want around us? What kind of food and drink do we enjoy? And there's a, a wonderful woman called Dr. Catherine Mannix, and she does this great TED talk about the process of dying. And it's very interesting. Okay. But one of the things she spoke about on a separate interview was even things like identifying what's your favorite beverage. So if you're not able to feed yourself, maybe they could do like G&T ice cubes or a slush puppies, yeah. you know, so yeah. it's now you're things, talking. Yeah. But they're the things that you don't think about. And quite often nursing staff, they won't know exactly. what are the things. So, again, do your loved ones actually know what are your favorite drinks, your favorite food, your favorite smells? What kind of hand lotion do you want what kind of deodorant do you want and that's where the whole taking stock comes in actually what are the things that you just feel very like luxurious in or if very comforted by what makes you feel best what makes you feel the best yeah. and at least if you're able to identify that now it's a lovely way and i was just talking to somebody today saying like we're coming up to christmas this is a perfect time to really identify what brings you comfort what brings you joy and that's your christmas list Indeed. People are telling you that you're impossible to buy for. Indeed. <laughs> so, so there are different things. Definitely, I would say is first off, talk to your solicitor. Yeah. Secondly, log on and register on the decision support services. Mm. And then thirdly, if for any way, if you own property, if you have any insurance policies in your name, if you have a pension, talk to a pension advisor. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. you really need to ensure that you're aware of any of the kind of tax implications, the tax reliefs, but also how to ensure that you're living your best life with the financials that you have to support you. Yeah. And even if you've got nothing, still talk to somebody to get some guidance as to how to get started. And tell me this, without wanting to, to overwhelm people, and of course you are, you know, perfectly uh, positioned to be able to, to, to guide people and, and really hold their hand and, and mm. be gentle through through this process. So without wanting to, to overwhelm people, I'd love to just get a sense of actually some of the logistics that you should probably keep in mind. And mm. and, and this is probably a leading question because the, one of the things I would love to get a sense of or even just to, to reference is the idea of your digital footprint yeah. and and what happens your social media mm, uh, once, mm. once you've passed you know it's a really interesting thing and actually this is a wonderful time of year to do this so again we all think about the spring clean and we're going to suddenly do get a skip and we're going to clear out the house but what about all of the things that are connected to you so if you think about I would say majority of people have emails yeah. If you look at all of the emails that you get on a daily, if not weekly basis, how many mailing lists are you subscribed to? How many subscriptions do you have to maybe magazines, to certain, you know, programs? How many apps do you have on your phone? Do you pay for your utilities online, your social media accounts, your emails? Like what are all of the things that are connected to you? Yeah. And if you suddenly lost your phone or your computer, what are the things that you're suddenly panicking about that you don't have access yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. So it, this, again, is a lovely way to really do a declutter and to take stock of all of the things that are actually filling up your world with noise. So it could be that you get notifications every time an email comes in, every time an app has a notification. Like how many times do you get notifications on Facebook because somebody liked to post or commented on it? And, and can we be real for a second? Yeah. It's really stressful when you get any. I get so many notifications from Gmail to say that my 
Google Drive is ninety yeah. percent capacity, and they're going to start deleting things soon. I mean, because I just it's quite overwhelming. I've never gotten around to actually deleting. See, everything and well, now and is the perfect it time. So yeah. it is that thing of how I remember was it last year I was what my computer was dying and it was a very old, old computer and there was no way of getting a replacement, anything for it. So managed to actually get all of the information taken off it. I had photographs from 2007, 2008, and I thought that the USB was then lost. Oh, and I remember just words. thinking, oh, no, that's like seven, eight years worth of photographs of documents. I had done a degree and a master's in that time, like all of these things that were suddenly gone. And when I was clearing out my house to move, I found it. Yeah. So yeah, it's just like, yeah, thrilled. Yeah. But it made me realize actually how vulnerable our information is. If it's stored on one external hard drive or it's stored in a computer and that computer crashes or, you know, so again, it's that thing of why have all of these com- photographs do you ever look at them? Indeed. How many of them yeah. are 10 versions yeah. of the one yeah. image? Yeah. Do you print them? Do Have you hung them up? Do you actually enjoy them? And it's that, that phrase, I was only saying it to my mother recently about that, that phrase about, yeah, you could have like the, the caviar and the champagne in the fridge for the special occasion. Just eat it and drink it. Like, don't wait for the special occasion because it may never come. Spoiler alert. Yeah. This is the, the special, special occasion. occasion. Absolutely. Open those bubbles. Yeah. And also <laughs> one of the other things is why wait until you're having guests before you get the house the way you'd like it clean? Indeed. So again is treat yourself as your best guest and also treat yourself as your best friend. Because if your friend is saying to you, oh, my God, I've got so many emails or I've got this and my Google Drive is crashing and all it and you'd go, oh, for God's sake, clean it. Yeah. yeah Clear it out. Yeah, yeah. Do that with yourself first. And that's also relevant where I would get a lot of people contacting me, say, I really want to get my parents to get their end of life plans in place. I really want them to do this. And it's like, start with you first. Yeah. Because as you do this. There's going to be a lot of questions that you'll get answered, but also there's a lot of things that you will suddenly learn for the first time. And that's a great conversation starter to have with your family to go, do you know what I heard? And then you might get somebody that will say, oh, well, I don't want that. You know, I don't want this. I don't want that. And I was only speaking to somebody today who unfortunately has a bereavement and they were talking about you know, cremation. And I had said, have you have you heard about water cremation? Indeed, <laughs> yeah. indeed. And this is where you and yeah. I finally got to meet in person was at the open day of um, Pure Reflections in Navan. Which is fantastic. And it's yeah. fantastic. But again, when you talk to people now about something like water cremation, people balk at it and go, oh God, no. But yet if you think... 30 years ago talking about fire cremation Indeed. people were like that's so unusual oh god no put me in the ground that's it there's so many different options so even going back to the thing about digital legacy there's so many things that are connected to us there's now so many technologies there's so many options when it comes to end of life planning there's so many considerations when it comes to succession planning so my thing now is use this time and especially over Christmas when you have a day or two where you might be bored out of your mind start to actually go through everything because you're not going to be bombarded with emails you might get the Facebook updates and stuff but actually do a clear out absolutely and really allow yourself to have this new year get rid of the clutter get rid of all of the things that either you don't want you don't need or don't bring any value to your life yeah yeah yeah. and then that allows you to then really go actually what do i want my life to be what do i want my legacy to be what do i want my end of life plans to be and that's where i come in that might be a lovely uh, point to start moving towards the end as you say that's where i come in because actually 
and as I as I said, this is such a, a potentially huge topic, but it's something that I want to, to give space and time to, and I'm sure that there are many listeners as well who will want to, to give space and time to that. So um, with that in mind, then my, my last question then, I guess, is how can you help them? So several ways. They can find me on social media, inevitably, as a livinglegacy.ie. Go to my new website, which is, again, www.livinglegacy.ie. In there, there's the option to either sign up to a mailing list, you can download the brochure, which will give you an overview of the services that I and my team provide. And then you can also book a call. So again, to just have a no obligation free call for half an hour to talk about your own circumstances to determine actually what are the things that you need and can I in any way help? Yeah, yeah. If in any way I'm not able to, I can direct to the relevant supports that may be in place. Fantastic. What I would say is that there are various things that people need to consider. The will is one. And quite often people think, well, if I get the will, that's me done. But actually, you may have done your will 10, 15 years ago. Your children are now grown. You no longer have the property that you had or various different things. So it would be recommended that you review your will every four to five years at most. Okay. okay. The other thing I would recommend that people do is actually write up a document of your wishes. So even things like your funeral. What kind of funeral do you want? What kind of things do you want if you're not well? What are the kind of things like who are the people that you want to be contacted? Yeah. yeah and I yeah, did like yeah. a very nerdy Excel sheet, which was literally these are I the key it. people <laughs> to contact. They can then contact these people. Yeah. So not leaving my family with calling 150 people, yeah. but maybe calling 20 and they can contact the rest. And by the way, you touched mm. earlier on on something about having people around you. Very often what's equally a, a, who as you important don't want is who you. you don't want. Yeah, yeah a, a, absolutely. As well. And I think that's the thing is that this is a great way that we all have a million and one friends or, but are more probably acquaintances from when we were younger. Yeah. So again, it's that thing of really identifying what's important, who are important, and then how can you contribute to their lives? How can you get more involved in the things that matter to you? Yeah. Um, so again, you can contact me. I'm always happy to go in and talk to families, to individuals, to groups. And also I'm getting more requests to go in and actually talk to organisations because... Again, the same thing. A lot of organisations may offer healthcare, pensions, different kind of things, but there's no real focus on what about preparing for the end? Because yeah. again, if you're working and something happens to you, your work need to know who to contact, what do you want? If a split, like a decision has to be made quite quickly, what are the decisions that need to be made and exactly. by whom? Exactly. So a lot of it is just getting the practicalities in, in place because we take insurance for our car, for our house, for our holidays. This is the practical aspect of an insurance policy to prepare for the what ifs and for the when. And it's such an important conversation yeah, to have. Absolutely. Such an important conversation. But quite often people don't want to have it. So that's where having somebody who doesn't know you. It's yeah. like when people go to counselling, they want to try and address an issue. I'm a coach and a mentor, so I'm not a counsellor. But again, no. it's a fresh pair of ears and somebody that has the information to help guide you on the path, but help you to clear the path for the way forward. Well, for anyone listening to this, if this is something that you that you have been thinking about, that has been on your radar, well, then this is your sign yeah. to take action uh, and, and finally put some plans into place. Um, Jennifer, what I'll do is I'll put all of the links 
um, to the website, to your social media, Great. up into the episode description as well. But I'm delighted that we finally got to have I this know, conversation. It's been fantastic. Thank you so I much. I can't even remember how long ago it was there when we connected. And then we I finally, like you said, we got in the to year con- for sure. Yeah. We finally got to meet in person then yeah. at the uh, at Pure Reflections. They're wonderful open days. Yeah, it's amazing. Fantastic. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. there's great, there's so many great people out there doing wonderful things. Yeah. So I think one of the things to be mindful of as well is when it comes to things like succession planning, mm. when it comes to end of life planning, everybody's very supportive because, again, we're all here to help people just to get their head around the difficult concepts, the difficult kind of considerations. You know, so it's not a competition. If I'm not the right person to help you, I can direct you to other yeah, people indeed, that can. Indeed. But also where to have the conversation with with a solicitor, with a financial planner, if you're ready to have those conversations. And if you're not, then having the discussion with me might help ease the way to that indeed. and getting the formalities in place. Indeed. Jennifer McConnell. Thank you so much for your time. I'm delighted Thank that you, we were Connor. able to have this conversation. Uh, thanks to you, the listener, as well. Don't forget, of course, to like and subscribe uh, to the podcast to keep up to date with all of the updates uh, on the podcast. But till then, um, from all of us here on the Celebration Sessions, till the next time, take care. Bye.